Hi everyone, this is Lockdown Mums Podcast, the show where I interview you lot, the mums, about what it's like to be a mum or become a mum during lockdown. This week's episode, I have Bex from Juggleware on the show. Um, we chat about pretty much everything in this one, and um, if you haven't been on Instagram already, we have a competition going out to win one of her teas. Um, I think you've probably got about 12 hours from when this episode comes out to get your entry in, so get in there. Enjoy the show. Hello. Hi. Ah, can you hear me? You're very quiet. Let me just. Uh, oh, hold on. Mic. Oh, there we go. It's right. It's my mic. Is that working? I'm checking it's coming through my earphones. Okay. They are. They're, they're new, and I've not used them yet. They look very fancy. Oh look, the posh ones. <laughs> are they cordless? I treated ones myself. Well. They're cordless. Oh my god. They, they're slightly freaking me out because <laughs> I can't hear any. Like I can, they're, they're cordless, and they're um. It's because I've got a new client where I spend all day on the phone, and it was wrecking my ear. Yeah, yeah, oh God, yeah, I bet it's like constantly like pressed against something. <laughs> so I've I've sorted out earphones that work. But they're meant to be like sound, de- in the like completely the sound, all sound. That's like these as well. It's really weird. Sometimes when I'm sat here waiting for people to join. I'll like click the button and try and figure out the difference because it's, it's really weird. You're just suddenly like, oh. Yeah, like that's what I'm suddenly, this is the first time I've used them. Feel so alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how loud I'm actually being. <laughs> You're perfect. You're perfect. You sound great. Okay, fab. Cool. <laughs> Hello. Hi. How are you doing? What have you been up to today? I'm all right. Oh, my God. Looking after a, a three-year-old and um, I've been launching a, a collaboration for juggleware today mm. um and it was a really exciting one and it was all for international women's day but i realized obviously i was looking after josh at the same time so trying to like get everything sorted on my like stories and i know like, i saw the post just as you came on i was like what? this is crazy <laughs> multitasking mum for sure <laughs> so i felt like oh my god I've, i felt like i've not really existed in any platform I've not existed on, in any level well today. I've basically half done everything. <laughs> so I've got a glass of wine, which I haven't even started yet. <laughs> that sounds great. I've only got water. I, haven't, I, I try not to drink throughout the week so that when it gets to the weekend, I, Very wise. I feel like I've earned the, the bottle of wine that I will inevitably drink. <laughs> then you've earned it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And all the chocolate too. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. So I'm very much a weekday drinker. Well, at the moment, I might not be as bad. Like when I'm um, homeschooling and working and working every evening, it's pretty intense. You need a glass of wine. <laughs> how many How many kids have you got then? Ooh, I've got an eight-year-old, oh, an eight-year-old and a, a three-year-old. Oof. So one full-on homeschooling yeah. and one has been in nursery. Uh, so he's been like nursery settings are still open so he's been nursery two days a week and a childminder one or two days as well so uh but it's just try to work you have to work with 70 percent of your brain and look after your child with 30 percent of your brain and it's horrible i can't even imagine like having that horrible much focus to try and do your horrible. daily tasks and then try and teach a child it's, it's awful <laughs> it's absolutely horrible it's horrific like i've had to completely change everything i do for my job because normally i'm a writer and I can't write. I can't write with a kid asking me something every 20 minutes or every the four minutes. So are they going back to school soon? Because I know they've gone back today. Oh, today. Yes. So Ollie went back. I know. Thank God. Ollie, Ollie's first day back was today. Um, and Josh is back at nursery tomorrow. So tomorrow will be my first day without a child around feel me. So like so light. I've taken the day off because last last September when um the kids went back last time. I thought I was going to be really happy, but actually I just felt really horrific. It was like the gear change just like made me feel rubbish. So I've taken the day off to literally lie in bed and well do deserved. nothing. It's weird that, isn't it? How um, my I husband, thought I'd be really happy. My husband often says that like when he's had like a really stressful week and it gets to the end when he knows he can finally relax, he ends up getting a migraine because his yeah. body just kind of shuts down because Panics. it's like, okay, I've, I've, I've done what I need to do, but now I'm in overdrive because I'm still really stressed. Yeah, yeah like I honestly you. think it's gear, yeah, like it's the gear change. Mm. Every time it's a new gear change, 
I my day my body or my brain needs a day to like sort its stuff out. So what are you gonna do? Have a bath? Have nothing. a lion? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Just sit in silence with your your ca- noise cancelling headphones on. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Although I'm, I'm a total like workaholic and, uh, and juggle wears like my addiction. It's like my hobby. So I'm gonna find it really hard not to create a reel or something. So. I mean, I'd, I'd like to, to see that. I love, I love watching the stuff that you do. I loved the one with the, the changing the color of your hair. That was great. <laughs> it's washed out really quick. Yeah, it looks great. Four washes, it washed out. Amazing. I want to do it again. Yeah, you should. I've always been too afraid to dye my hair a funny color. I just don't. I don't well, think it's. It washes me. out. Yeah, maybe I'll I give know, it a I've, go. I've, you should totally do it. I've, there's another one that that brand do, which is a pinkier, so like a peach. I'm gonna try that next. Oh yeah, peach look nice. Nice. It'd suit, I know. It'd suit you with blonde hair. I think peach goes quite well with light colours, doesn't it? My, my eight year olds told me I shouldn't do it. That I won't, I'm, I'm meant to be normal for the school run. <laughs> what is normal? Cheeky little bugger. Yeah, exactly. What is normal? Exactly. What is normal? Do what you need to do. He'll get over yes, it. Yes, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on doing it at some point again. It was fun. I'll do another reel. <laughs> So you said that juggle wear is like your hobby. So like, can, yeah. Can you t- <laughs> tell me a bit about your backstory then? Because you, you're a copy okay. editor. Copy- I'm a copywriter. Yeah. So is this is this the podcast bit? So uh, like, we're is all, this, this us is doing all, it? We've started. Oh, okay. We start right from the beginning. <laughs> I, sure. okay, I might. Cool. I, I have a habit of just cutting out the first bit because normally there's a sound <laughs> issue, and then I just kind of go okay. straight in. So you're you're it's on. Go go, like, go. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it's like do I need to explain who I am? so yeah so uh yeah so juggle wear is my hobby which has grown it's into something mental. ridiculous <laughs> so my normal day job is I'm a copywriter so um I write wording so you know when you have a graphic designer and they do the or a billboard that you see advertising on I'm the person that writes the words so like for the last uh nine years I've run a business with my sister Fee and we have a business called Fee and Bex Design and Wording and she's a designer by trade and my background was in marketing um, and we started fee and bex when i had my first son ollie and i didn't want to go back to working in my corporate job and mm. um, i really loved it but the hours were crazy and um i was struggling to get my head around the idea of leaving him for 12 hour days at a nursery so i decided to hand my notice in and not go back after maternity leave and we started fee and bex our marketing business um literally like overnight we just came up with it and we're like right we're going to try and work together because fee was already working as a freelance designer um and so i became the marketing part so mm. she was doing freelance product and graphic design for clients and i started being the marketing person um which was great and it grew like it grew more than we thought it would and um, that's been my my job for the last uh eight years so we started that in 2013 um so my normal job is i'm a writer and in the last four years I've kind of I used to do everything so I'd write for like a tech company or a hotel chain or anything where they needed wording written but in the last three three or four years I've really honed it down to fashion Mm. so I primarily work with fashion brands uh, on their wording so you know like in a brochure or advert or the kind of stuff you see in um, the window when you walk past in Marks and Spencers and they've got headlines in the window that's me and that's my job so I, a lot of the fashion brands I work with um would be companies like Matalan or Cotton Traders and um and I'll work with big like big companies or little ones like little lovely bag um lovely little bag company called Neo and Netta who are Aww. lovely and have their bring like, like they'll bring their own new brand to the market and they'll look for someone to write the wording and a lot of what I do is about wording with personality so it's um trying to get I'm, I'm a complete uh word nerd um so I like <laughs> I, I lecture in content and wording at Liverpool University Business School and I can't talk to the students enough about how you spend millions of pounds on a brand and it looks beautiful and you've got all your colours right and everything. But if the voice doesn't work for your brand, your brand isn't going to work properly. It's not going to talk to its audience. So I'm a word nerd and that's where um, I've, what's what I've been doing, I guess, for, yeah, for uh, eight years-ish and then the last four years passion has been the thing that I've primarily focused on and I do a little bit of random stuff here and there still so like lifestyle businesses like hotels that's awesome that's so, such a cool <laughs> job and the fact that you work it sounds, yeah. as well like that's great 
yeah, it's, it's been really good. It's been really good around having young kids. Mm. Um, it was great when I had maternity leave because obviously you can you can choose when you work. And uh, me and Fee have built our little marketing business around our children. So we got really used to the pattern of working from nine till three, picking up the kids, feeding them, getting to them to bed, and then working from like nine till like seven till 9.30 at night. Mm. So I got into the pattern of like working around my children. Um, and that's kind of, I suppose, why Juggleware even came into existence. Uh, because during lockdown last year after um the first kind of month of lockdown the clients I had were all panicking because they didn't know what was going to happen no one was wanting to spend any money on a writer understandably they Mm -hmm. didn't know what their own marketing teams were going to be doing and so all of a sudden my work went from being like constant to not even existing like I suddenly had no my clients dropped off one by one by one by one and I I was quite relieved to be honest because I had two children to look after <laughs> and there was no yeah there was no childcare at all it was literally just you know we were all stuck at home wasn't there there wasn't even nursery settings that were open so um one day in the shower I just randomly came up with the idea of uh, homeschooling and pupil as a as a slogan um and I decided to print it for me and my sister Fee and her kids and um Ollie my eight-year-old and my little one I just like I find that because I'm a writer like words pop into my head when I'm doing random stuff so I'll be driving and I'll get like a, a headline in my head and this time I was in the shower and I just came up with this idea of these slogans got some t-shirts created and um, I'm a bit of a weirdo about like I really love organic cottons and nice cotton oh my god yeah, your fabrics. t-shirts are so soft well it's because my, my kids have got eczema and so do I and so um organic cotton's better for your skin if you've got eczema it doesn't give you it allows your skin to breathe better yeah, and my kids don't so get to touch yes they don't <laughs> get eczema my, my kids don't get eczema if they have organic cotton especially if they sleep in organic cotton. Mm. Um, so I got these really nice T-shirts created. And then I was like, oh, may- maybe people would want to buy these. So um, we just created a little brand. And I, Fee, who's the one I have the marketing business with, I was like, Fee, I've got this idea. And then she went, oh, this sounds fun. And we were both obviously a bit like bored and trapped at home with our kids. <laughs> <laughs> so Juggleware became like our escapism. And we um, just came up with a load of other slogans over the weekend. So we were like, what stuff do we say to our kids? give me five minutes and we ask the kids what what what's the what do um what do you guys say all the time and then they came up with can I have a snack and I'm not a bot and it's my go and all the stuff that kids say all the time um and we just launched drillware and like it was really fun but we didn't expect it to take off and it it did more than we thought and then uh, like 10 months only 10 months ago and 10 months later it's like this incredible little community that I almost feel like I couldn't have got through lockdown without (laughs) It's lovely. I adore it. Yeah. I really enjoyed becoming part of the newsletter and just going through and sort of reading about other people's journeys and stuff. And They're amazing. Yeah. The ambassadors I mean, are incredible. I think because I won, was it, whose competition was it? I won a competition. Oh, you did you? That's how. Because I, yeah. I remember chatting to you. It was a snack. I had, no, I no had Fearless, Fearless and Feral. Feral. Fearless yeah. and Feral, yeah. And so I got in contact with you. I got in contact with mama uh, mama and a cup was it mama with a cuppa amy mama with a cuppa yes yeah she's amy. so lovely and then bex as well obviously for for mum's the word yes. so like oh I've my god so i love many her. great people through that one competition which has just been amazing social media the power of social media is phenomenal yes. um so yeah i totally agree with that like i think lockdown has had so many positives that people tend to forget about I think a lot of the time a lot of people have managed to do some really great things and it's so nice to see that you've I wouldn't even call it a hobby I'd say this is like a second job for you (laughs) yeah it has become like it's 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 become all-consuming like I so now what I do is I, I work well as from this week I work four days a week for one client um so that's pretty intense and then I do juggle wear around it so I do juggle wear um like through the day I'll do things when I'm having a cup of tea and, and then I do it in the evenings and then I try to do like stuff on the weekends but it's become every evening I sit down and I go through all the orders I've got on the website that day and I sort it all out and I come up with new designs and new colors and um and obviously get in touch with all the new ambassador people so like the ambassador family is just I can't obviously it's blown my mind like the there's so many really cool people they're so cool and they've got really cool businesses and they've got these ideas and like they're all working together Mm. so like all the ambassadors that have become juggleware ambassadors have all like got in touch like you with amy and with rebecca and they've all like started connecting and so this like little juggleware community is like we've got i think it was 280 ambassadors now at the moment 
and it's that's like amazing. they all do stuff yeah <laughs> in like less so than happy. a year as well that's, that's so nice how quickly the feeling of like can grow yes and I think it's the feeling of everyone just um like I don't I don't like when fashion companies only pick um really glossy pictures to show off their brands and when they only pick the really stunningly gorgeous humans on all of their photography and you're like you know what mums like me usually have a bit of crusty sick in their hair or <laughs> porridge and their child screaming whilst they're trying to carry them across a field and like I think like the reality side of it is what I love the most like I'd, I'd every person who sends us a picture looks gorgeous in, in our clothing they look gorgeous and even if they're frazzled and pale and knackered they look gorgeous and I truly I believe that and I love it I love everything about everyone sending us pictures all the time and it makes me think like other fashion companies you're just not doing it right you're not getting you're not your customers you're not seeing your real customers yeah you're showing really glossy models and their glossy models may look lovely in your clothing but they're not how most people look exactly <laughs> not agree more that's, that's why i really love it it's yeah. all really real so i can't believe that you just you've just like started this amazing business through <laughs> lockdown whilst having a full-time job and two kids it was escapism that's incredible no, but I, I know like it sounds cool but honestly i, I really i really think it also it was quite selfish it's genuinely escapism like when I'm well this, this evening my son that I've put to bed who's three screamed solidly for about 20 minutes because he didn't want to wear pajamas and he screamed and screamed and screamed for 20 minutes solid no one could stop him screaming I couldn't stop him screaming it was 20 minutes solid about not wanting to put on pajamas so I honestly in that time I'll be like well this is horrific I'll just have a look at juggle wear for a while <laughs> and then I'll I'll like see all these lovely pictures of nice people going I love my jumper. Look at the post I've got arriving. And it's like escapism. So it's like, it was a selfish thing. It was me realising that I was trapped at home with my kids and, and I couldn't interact with humans in a normal way. And juggle wear became like this, like I call it an addiction. Like it became this like addiction and this wonderful place that I could go to that was a really awesome community of women. I say women, but there's loads of blokes as well mm. all over the country, all wearing juggle wear stuff. <laughs> It's brilliant. So it just makes me happy. <laughs> what a, what a better way to have some escapism, doing something productive at the same time. Like that's great. It's and become I feel, really fun. I feel like so many women and men will probably understand completely where yeah. you're coming from and appreciate that this business has grown out of something that's completely real. That is something that yeah. we really needed in this time, and it's so nice that something so positive has come out of it. And Thank you should be you. very proud of yourself. <laughs> it's great. I think. I'm too frazzled to feel proud. <laughs> That's your next slogan for your t-shirt. <laughs> That's the problem, though. They're addictive. Like, anything that happens in my life now, I'm like, oh, my God, slogan. <laughs> Sorry, my phone just fell on its side. Then. <laughs> slogan, slogan. And, like, my, me and my best friends about, like, Elsa, who does all our photography with us, she's one of my best mates, and she's, like, our juggle wear photographer. And uh, we'll hang out, and then we'll, something will happen, and we'll laugh, and we'll both be like, Slogan! <laughs> get it on a t-shirt <laughs> and then it's amazing what people like you can't guess which ones people are going to love so the reason I say women quite a lot is multitasking mother didn't expect that to be such a popular one mm. and I launched it and it just went mad like multitasking mother has been like our most successful slogan on a top and I just I didn't you don't I didn't know I didn't know which one people would like or not like I never do until it starts selling and then multitasking mothers. So a lot of it has been mothers, yeah. mothers. And, and I think I probably need to start thinking more about the men. <laughs> like we've been thinking about what is the male version of that. And we've had like uh, do it all dad or um, functioning father. Oh, that's a good but one. I like a bit of alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> do it all daddy. Do it all daddy. But then multitasking father just doesn't sound right, does it? No. So it does need to have some kind of yeah I know and also men yeah. are very good at multitasking so I know but <laughs> like then I feel like true. I'm stereotyping them yeah <laughs> stereotype there's loads this of really true. good multitasking dads and we've got some really cool like daddy bloggers who've become ambassadors and, and they're clearly multitasking dads but it doesn't have alliteration so yeah. I need to think of some way of doing that do it all dads a good one maybe you can do um 
like a post or a live stream on on Instagram and just get people to send you in your favorite yeah. your favorite ones and you can pick, pick I do that yeah I, yeah I make the ambassadors do it all the time like I do all these stories on Instagram which you you see them don't you the ambassador only stories and I always go what do you think what slogan should I have what color should I do you guys have the best ideas where yeah. a lot of them come from I mean a lot of I can imagine a lot of the people that are ambassadors are also quite creative people yeah as well mm. And they've like a lot of them who've if they've been ambassadors since like the start, they properly understand what juggleware is, and they understand the humor and the like, the kind of the silly side and the and the like the the true side. So I did like a post yesterday, which was just the slogan negative, and it was about how someone had contacted. They contacted me saying that my slogans were too negative and that I should remove them from my website immediately, and that as a mother I should know better. <laughs> oh my <laughs> and, god. It was insane. And well, it wasn't insane. They obviously felt that way. And they said that, uh, yeah, that the world needed more positivity and that my um, slogans were inappropriate. And they were only slogans like feeling meh and current mood with a big scribble. Um, so they're not like offensive slogans. They were just ones that I felt told honest. the truth of what it's. Yeah. yeah, honest. I feel um, like there is nothing harder than trying to to deal with somebody who only wants to put positivity on things yeah. because it makes you feel like you're having to cover up your your feelings of how you actually feel yes. like yes just because you want to say something negative doesn't mean that you are a negative person it's just that you have no. feelings and at that moment in time you have a negative feeling and you have to own that and yeah I'd, I'd like to think that more people nowadays, especially after being in lockdown, can understand that a little bit more. So I'm sorry that happened. I, I hope I hope you it, managed. No, to get it if sorted. anything, it's it kind of like helped my head actually. Weirdly, so when it happened, I was I was genuinely quite upset and gutted, and I did quite a few. I chat, what I do is I like I chat to our ambassadors, so I did like some ambassador stories, being like, "Oh my god, am I? Is this person right? And am I wrong? Like, is it bad? Is it bad to have slogans that say like feeling meh on them?" Like, is that a bad message to be giving out? And all of you are so ridiculously supportive. And like, no, that's not true. Like, you're you're telling the truth about life and how it can feel sometimes. And um, I get a lot of anxiety. Um, and I grew up with a mum who had um, she had a lot of mental health problems. And I was her, I was a carer as a teenager. Um, and she lives in a care home now. So like, I really do understand about mental health. And I weirdly find the slogans that say things like negative or feeling meh if you if you name that emotion it's like you're then owning it yeah and weirdly you you uh dissolve it so in the morning if I feel rubbish and I put on a, sl a slogan that says feeling meh it's like it makes me feel a bit better because mm. I've identified that's how I'm feeling and I've I've it helps me to process that day might be a bit rubbish so like um I, I find the negative slogans are actually really people aware them and they post to me saying it's one of those days and I share it going on. I share in our stories, like, you know, because they've shared it publicly and I'll say totally, totally feeling you today and sending you a virtual cuppa. So like, it's like, I think part of that's become like the juggleware little community because everyone's quite honest. And the, even the slogans that are seen as negative, which I don't think are negative, um, are, are telling the truth. So, yeah. That the negative one I did yesterday was fun because that word had been stuck in my head for a few days and that's why I was like clearly I've got to make this into a slogan now <laughs> this word's stuck in my head <laughs> I'm gonna make a t-shirt that says negative on it in really bright pretty colors <laughs> I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go to bed tonight thinking about slogans because I I really like I love my t-shirt it's great yeah I'm, oh, you chose a very good one <laughs> yeah. me, me and my it's husband. excellent it's so parent-like <laughs> need sleep we, uh, Yes. Yes. <laughs> we uh we watched this YouTube video of these two guys that do commentary over other YouTube videos. It's mainly like people on dating shows and it's really silly. <laughs> but their their comments are so funny and one of them just made that noise like yes. <laughs> so now <laughs> the only thing me and my husband do to each other just makes us both <laughs> laugh. And so it fits really well with the no sleep because neither of us ever get any sleep. So <laughs> it's horrible that lack of sleep, isn't it? Oh. When's it gonna end? It's so intense. Oh God, don't talk to me. My eight-year-old sleeps through the night. My three-year-old doesn't. Sadly. He screams because <laughs> it doesn't well, work. Yeah, he gets angry about pajamas. <laughs> but he's currently having a thing of growing pains. You get oh. past the teeth. You get, you know, teeth goes away. They they learn to sleep at night. And then their poor little legs ache because they're growing. 
and Joshy shouts, Mum, Mum, that's what he calls me, Mum, Mum, I want you! And he'll scream that at the top of his lungs, I want you! So last night I was in in his bed, I tried to get out and he woke up and he ended up coming into my bed. So this is a three-year-old. I'm not sure what's harder, trying to comfort a baby that can't talk or trying to comfort uh, a child that can talk to you because that yeah. guilt of like, mummy, mummy, you're just like, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> At least cruel. crying, great, crying baby. It's like, well, I don't really know what you're saying. You could just be crying for any reason and I'll just give you a cuddle and hope that that's okay. But I'm not I looking forward to the harder. Yeah. I think, I think like you could, at least Josh, I can kind of now get out of him what's hurting. Mm. So he'll be like, my legs have a big ow. Oh. And I'll be like, oh, poor legs. But like with the baby, it's like, God, what is wrong? Like you're just guessing a lot, isn't it? It's tricky to oh, so yeah. they can vocalize. I spend half my day worrying and thinking about like what have I done that's caused this? And a lot of that is to do with oh. his sleep because his sleep has it's never been good since he was born. And we've last Monday we decided to take away his dummy. Yeah, because we gave it to him when he started teething, and I was tra- <gasps> trying so to brave. Yeah, I was trying to get off of breastfeeding as well, and like we were feeding him to sleep, or I was feeding him to sleep, and so moving on to formula. Obviously, we needed to try and break that cycle somewhere. So, kind of in between me stopping breastfeeding and formula feeding, we thought we'll give him yeah. the dummy, and that should help. And it was fine; it kind of helped with the sleep a bit. But then it got to the point where every time the dummy would fall out, he would just cry. And so we'd be getting up like every couple of hours in the nighttime just to put in his dummy again and then he'd fall back to sleep or some days he wouldn't. And I was like, we can't, we can't carry on with this. And so last week we were just like, right, going to make this decision and take away the dummy and just see how it goes. It's like a loop. It's just a double-edged sword, but like touch wood, he's, he's been okay. Like he, he's, he still struggles to settle sometimes and we do still have to like go in and kind of give him a cuddle or rub his Mm. back for a bit. But he slept last night. He slept from seven till half 11 and then he cried for about an hour and we managed to get him down and then he slept until six. So that for us is a really good night. That's good. Yeah. I would also say that's a good night. That's, That's amazing. Oh, so, little guy. It's so tricky. It's so tricky. And then, like, I always found that I'd make a decision. I'd be really good at it. Then they'd go and get a cold or a tooth <laughs> or a sickness bug. And it, because they'd be upset, I'd just go back on all my rules. Mm. I'd be it's like, so oh, my God, he won't stop crying. Give him the dummy back. <laughs> yeah, like, it's so hard. You just want to be able to comfort them. And I, I, there's nothing mm. worse than, like, having to walk away from a crying baby and like when you know that actually they're okay, like there's nothing really wrong with them, but you need yeah. to learn how to do it. It doesn't make it any easier, but I, yeah, it's been hard, but hopefully. I was really rubbish. He's getting to that stage. I think he's, he's about nine and a half months. So he's, well, I say he's not coming out yeah. of the teething. He's been teething since um, like October, it feels like. <laughs> He's got his two oh. bottom teeth. He's got one big tooth and a. Is little he doing any crawling out. yet? Oh yeah, he loves crawling, crawling, pulling himself up on stuff, pulling crawling. himself up on us. Ah. Yeah, he absolutely loves it. <laughs> you can just see the like on his face, like when he knows if you put him down on the living room carpet and he's got like a bit of a gap oh. to go somewhere, he's just like. <laughs> go, 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 go. <laughs> they always say that bit like makes it makes them sleep sleep worse, doesn't it? As well though, because they've had like a big leap and their body wants to do it yeah like in the middle of the night but then also at the same time you can um they're more tired because they're physically crawling everywhere you'd think <laughs> do you know what one of our ambassadors is a baby sleep expert she's called jade and she is a baby sleep expert i didn't know these people really oh i've lost you i really really wish i like you, you can actually book a consultation oh hello i'm still here can you still hear me yes you were talking about jade i think, I think yeah. i've spoken about oh, yeah her. i've spoken to her Have you? actually yeah because i yeah she's ace yeah <laughs> she put something up on instagram to for people to say yeah. like I've, what problems have you had with your kids and i i mentioned about my thing and she said do you want oh, to have mega. a consultation but i I think the day before I signed up to the little one's sleep program and I was like, for now, oh, wow. I think, yeah, this is what I'm going to try, but 
I may may get in contact with you, but I feel like he's at that stage now where I think we've just like a secret about, weapon. Yeah, we've just about got it. So hopefully we don't need to go down that avenue. Oh, keep going. Just keep, keep going. going. Keep going and drink lots of tea or coffee. It's or a problem wine. is I find that it makes you feel hungover. Like, yeah, or wine. Well, yeah. And then the worst thing is when you've drank two glasses of wine and they don't sleep from like one o'clock onwards. You're like, oh my god, now I'm slightly drunk and looking after a baby. This is terrific. Yeah. Do you, do you find that there's like a certain <laughs> in the night that is like the worst for you? Because I I find if Winston's sleep hasn't been too bad, but he wakes up at like one half one, for me that I just feels so much harder waking up then than it does at like any death. other point during the night. I don't know why. Yeah. And I, I'm just like, I think oh, it's because you've god. just gone to sleep. Yeah, maybe. Like your body it. must be in its like first cycle of it sleeping that is horrific but that is the worst thing in the world if you've just dropped off and then they wake you oh that's soul destroying isn't it mm. oh Although but then also in a weird way like four o'clock it's oh, four o'clock not too bad because it's at that stage where we could just give him a bottle and he'd probably sleep until seven but oh, if he doesn't do you never get like four o'clock and then they never go back to sleep and that's the day not we haven't had it oh no i've had it once i've had it once because we 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 get that a lot with josh oh Oh, and it's not like you can just be like just go down and watch tv when you're like oh my god you're completely you're completely awake and it's quarter past four which kind of means that this is now my day like that's that's happened a lot it didn't happen with ollie my first one but it's happened a lot with josh (laughs) i'm not looking forward to that that's cruel yeah that's when you basically i tried to go until about five and then i'm like it's yours take it (laughs) see my husband's always been really good with the whole getting up in the morning like we when i stopped breastfeeding and i didn't need to be the one to do it we kind of alternate now so if he gets up in one morning i'll get up the next day and we kind of do that unless we've had a really bad night and one of us has been up for a lot longer than one of us will take over but yeah he's a legend like there are some days when i wake up in the morning and i'm just like i literally can't i can't get up and he's like don't worry i'll do it and i think for him as well like he he enjoys that time that he gets with Winston before he has to go to work. Oh, I get to spend yeah. the whole day with him, whereas he's upstairs in the office and he'll only see him if I need to bring him in to kind of just go for a wee or something. Yeah. So he gets him. the time. Yeah. And Winston adores John. Because uh, he's face. the fun one. Yeah. His yeah. little face just <laughs> lights up and he's like, now, because he's got teeth, he'll like do the smile thing where he like raises <laughs> his shoulders and just goes, it's done. <laughs> Yeah, oh bless him oh hopefully that'll last forever and you can always just be like daddy hour (laughs) (laughs) it's daddy hour (laughs) you said you wanted to teach him how to play football go and do that all of sunday (laughs) afternoon so mummy can go and have a bath thanks cheers (laughs) (laughs) goals yeah life goals (laughs) oh Oh, the thought of having another kid right now, just, I don't know. It's, it, I had a five-year gap, so yeah. like, I, it took me five years to convince my husband to do it again. <laughs> I'm not even lying, like, he genuinely wanted to stop. Like, he would, I think it ended up with me having some kind of breakdown. On a, we, went, we don't get to go away very much because my family are in Cumbria, his family are in Devon, and we're in Manchester, so we have no support network near us at all. My sisters are like an hour's drive away, but, like, we don't have grandparents nearby. So we we went for like one night away in a hotel whilst Ben in down in Devon while Ben's mum had my oldest. And then um, I think I got drunk and broke in the shower and was like, I need another child. And Ben eventually realised he had to do it again. But he didn't want to do it at all. He found it really, really, really ridiculously hard mm. to have a to have a kid and just relentless and like his mental health struggled with it. So like he openly talks about that with with people. So, yeah, I had a five-year gap because it took forever to convince him to do it again. <laughs> I suppose as well, if after five years, you you hope that you're at that stage where you have a little one, but you also have another child that's kind of old enough, not to take care yes. of themselves, but they know no, what's going true. on. They're pretty well established in all of their development mm-hmm. and stuff. So that's that's quite not easy. It was but, good. Yeah. It was good then. So it was good when I was pregnant because I could say to Ollie, you know how I said we'd go to the park? 
well, now mummy's far too tired and very pregnant. So we're not going to the park. So like he would understand stuff. And I could leave, I could say, entertain your little brother while I run downstairs and make a bottle, you know, with like playing on the floor or something. So it was great when they were little. Now I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old who don't play. So they, sorry, that's wrong. I've got a three-year-old and an eight-year-old who don't play. So they've got five years between them. So Ollie, Josh is really irritating and doesn't like playing with his big brother. And Ollie just spends most of his time annoying his little brother. So they're not like, that that age gap is not working right now. Yeah. I keep thinking it'll work at five and ten, hmm. but currently three and eight, not working. It'll get there, though. It'll get there. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> One day they'll play together. But they do share a room. They have their own bunk beds. Aww. So Ollie's on the top bunk and Josh's on the bottom bunk. And that's really cute. cute. Yeah. I know. Sometimes in the morning I wake up and Ollie is reading to Josh. And that's Aww. really cute. That's adorable. Yeah, so that is the nice side of a like a big yeah. age gap is he's like a little like come on Joshy, let's go downstairs in the morning. What's so, it? And what's they'll, they'll, oh, sorry, carry on. No, as because they'll they'll go down the stairs together. You'll hear them go boom 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 boom. <laughs> That's really cute. <laughs> yeah. What's um what's the age gap between you and your sister? So I've got I'm actually the youngest of four. Oh. So I've got two sisters and one brother. I only work with one of my sisters. So it's kind of often sounds like I only have one sister because I work with Fee. <laughs> but my older, older sister, Helen, I don't work with. So uh, massive age gaps. So my older, older sister, Helen, is 13 years older than me. Then my brother, Nick's 10 years older than me. And then Fee and I, who work together, are six years apart. So, so my parents were doing it for gaps. ages. Yeah. yeah. My mum just kept going for years. I'm one of four. Are you? Get in. Where Where do you sit in the fall? So I'm the second youngest. I've got three brothers. Ah, ah that's two, amazing. Yeah, there's two years between each of us. So we've, <gasps> we're very parents. close together. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. Your parents must have been like, oh, my God. So they would have had a, oh, so a zero, a two, a four. And a six. And a six. And I was the only accident. Wow. Which my mum ah. always says, you were an accident. A lovely accident. You're the only girl, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the best. I love being one of four. Do you like being one of four? I love it. And I love having brothers. My childhood was amazing and I I couldn't be grateful for it. And yeah, I think being so close together, I think for us was really nice. Like, yeah, obviously between my youngest and eldest brother, there's what, there's six years. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Do you all get on now? Yeah. Yeah, we've always, ah, mega. Uh, apart from maybe a, a small blip in our teenage years, when we were all a bit <laughs> moody. Fair, yeah. <laughs> we all get on really well now, yeah. Oh, that's nice. My husband's one of six. Ooh, so wow. I have eight, 18 nieces and nephews. Oh, my God. I know Christmas is a lot of effort. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just give them scratch Actually, cards. <laughs> they all got juggle-wear stuff. <laughs> Amazing. It's Christmas, I was like, right. How old is everyone? What, what are your favourite things? You? <laughs> yeah. And they all got like customised T-shirts. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's such a good Big hit. Yeah. <laughs> the age ranges from 18 down to one. That's a big age gap. Mm. But it's I nice know. because it means you kind of get to experience like all of the lifespan of all a the ages. Yeah, yeah. All at once. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Oh, do they all live around you or is it down in Denver? No, like really spread about. Yeah. Uh, so my two sisters live near me up in the north of England. My brother lives down in London. And then Ben's family are um, mostly down like Devon, Bristol area. Although one batch of them has just gone to Australia. That's where we live. Ah. Where are you? I'm in Bath. But my, ah, par- my parents gorgeous. live in Devon. Yeah. Where in Devon? Axminster. I know Axminster. So my husband grew up in Topsham and we visit Exminster and Exeter a lot. Yeah, it's a nice area. So it's nice. Yeah. It is. It's amazing. We've not been for forever because of lockdown. I know. I don't oh. I do you know. I think the last time I went was actually this this time last year for my dad's birthday. Oh, and I was that long ago. I was still, I was what, like seven, six and a half, seven months pregnant. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You've got a whole human since then. I know, it's mad. <laughs> there are people I've seen that the last time I saw them, I was, wasn't was even really that pregnant. And now I've got a kid that's like almost a year old. It's Whoa. just mad, isn't it? <gasps> that's totally life shifting. I know. But I am really looking forward to the day when I can sort of go and see people again and just like show Winston off and be like, look at this tiny little human. Yeah. He's awesome. And he'll be quite like portable and cool. 
So like you'll be able to like come on little man and you'll yeah. be like crawling along. <laughs> ah. or, or walking. Yeah. Yeah, oh god, yeah. I don't think that's gonna be long. <laughs> oh. I took him out for a walk today. It was really, really sunny. And I've got a support bubble with my friends um, and they come and help yeah. me look after him a couple of days a week. And we were just like, oh, we should get in some sunglasses. And one of the girls in my NCT class, they've got her baby baby eaters. So like Are those the ones that have like a strap to yeah. keep them on? I was yeah, like, I, I want to get Winston a pair of those and like a little denim jacket. Oh. little cool dude oh, and some like sneakers his new yeah. kicks oh he hasn't had any shoes yet well he has but when yeah. he was a baby but he hasn't had like a proper pair of shoes yet i know you don't they don't need shoes that, though no. do they yeah he can stay in a onesie until he's five for all like a yeah <laughs> i love it when you're like oh i'm gonna buy them really cute little shoes and you're like oh no because that's really annoying because all they do is take them off every four seconds because they don't actually walk on them yeah yeah it's oh the first shoes outside. are always quite cute though oh yeah like, the ones that are to... so small that they've got like a sewn bottom to them oh. <laughs> i've kept both my sons i've got their first pairs of shoes you know in the like memory boxes yeah first shoes so so cute yeah it's just little, little memories that you <laughs> keep hold of and keep safe forever <laughs> and then hold over them when they're 18 and they're wanting to go and they're like drinking. mom stop getting that out yeah. <laughs> don't want to see my first shoes anymore <laughs> my girlfriend doesn't want to see my first shoes but you'll always be my baby oh. that's what my mum is <laughs> oh. i'm sure i'll be like that <laughs> yeah oh yeah i will definitely any chance i can get to embarrass winston it's it's definitely gonna happen <laughs> what you want to avoid are the people that do start asking you if you're going to have another because i always found that really extremely rude yeah, I'd be like you don't know somebody is it like people see, yeah people seem to think if you've had one that it's okay to ask because I don't know what reason it is never okay to ask you do not know what circumstances someone has got through to get that first child I once had a lady in you know a, a swimming a swimming pool changing rooms and how hot and stressful they are I was getting Ollie changed and he was about four years old. So I was obviously wanting a baby, but my husband didn't. And a lady who didn't really know me that well, but knew me from swimming lessons, shouted across the entire changing room, Rebecca, when are you going to give him a lifelong friend? And did like a shape with her tummy, like literally screamed it across the changing room in a sweaty stress. And because I was so like flustered and taken aback by it, I, I kind of mumbled something in return, like, well, I don't know. And I left and just burst into tears because I was like, how dare that random person, like, put me on the spot in such a, like, whilst I'm getting my son changed from the swimming lesson. It was it was horrible. It felt horrible. And obviously, because it was so, at that time, I really wanted another kid, but my husband didn't. So it was a really, like, uh, emotive thing. Yeah. Yes, and it's really like in my head, it's made me go like, you should never, no one should ever, even if you've got one kid, no one should ever ask you if you're going to have a second. Like, and it's certainly not a random stranger screaming it across a bloody changing room. So, yeah, Some never, never cool. Don't, don't have the sensitivity to think I know like, what they're saying. Like, I know that a people lot of do. people probably don't think that far ahead and don't think that what they're saying is going to hurt somebody else. But yeah. I think when it comes to women being pregnant and getting pregnant, it's such an emotional oh, time for a woman and, massive. For, and for a couple. Yeah. You just got no idea. Like you said, no. someone's going to get to that stage and what's happened to them beforehand. What they've had to go through to get to that first baby. Exactly. So that might, and also they might, their life might have changed or their circumstances might have changed. They might not want to have another child or their first pregnancy could have been quite dangerous. Like there's so many reasons. So yeah. Now I'm very much like never ask, never ask ever. Even if someone's got one child, never ask them if they're going to have another. Not cool. <laughs> what um, what were your births like? Just out of curiosity, your pregnancy. Oh, so my pregnancies were really easy. I generally had quite easy pregnancies. I was really lucky. I felt very lucky because I have I've had lots of friends who've had hard pregnancies, and I was quite lucky. And um, the thing that actually always used to stress me out a bit about being pregnant was I was always very small. I was actually, I, I measured small, you know, when you actually start measuring small and they have to go take this energy for extra scans mm. and stuff. And whilst, whilst that sounds like, oh, I was small. No, that's actually a bit stressful because people don't believe you're that far along. Mm. <laughs> and so I'd be like 
fully pregnant carrying a full-size baby but look not massive and it would mean that like um when someone would say oh when are you due and I'd say next week they'd be like what and almost like it was accusingly as in Mm. as though I was lying and I had the constant stress of my babies not necessarily being big enough all the time even though they they when they were born it was they were six pound ten and six eleven so like they weren't massive babies but I must have just held them really tight against my body or something because it meant I didn't have these big bumps but that was a bit stressful my first one uh, Ollie I got a uh, high blood pressure you know just completely randomly I got high blood pressure at the end and I had to have loads of monitoring and um I was like being monitored every three days and I was on beta blockers trying to keep my blood pressure down um and eventually I started getting the last few symptoms of like preeclampsia so I got induced um and actually it was one of the weirdest experiences because I got induced you know when you go to the ward where you get induced um not the actual like birth suite you go to the like the like free the pre-birth the suite, pre-birth place. suite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the place is like a normal hospital ward I was there and they gave me the pessary to induce my labor and they were like it's probably going to take about two or three days so don't get like giddy and okay so my husband went home I was then just hanging out I actually random by chance I was in a room that was on my own and the, the weirdest the only thing I can explain is you know when an animal goes into a bush and just like deals with something on its own because it's got no one else around it and it and it just kind of sorts itself out I got awful vomiting and diarrhea that's what I was dealing with but but I also somehow in all of this I was kind of dealing with vomiting and diarrhea and obviously having massive contractions but didn't even think to press the button to say like possibly in labor need some help here (laughs) yeah so i let from seven o'clock they put the pessary in till 11 o'clock i basically just kind of lay on my side breathed through this weird funny pain vomited and pooed and then eventually i I found a bit of blood so i pressed the buzzer and the nurse lady came along and was like are you okay in here every time i've looked you've been on your side sleeping and i was like i can't even move and she was like what let me examine you. You, I can't move. She examined me and I was nine centimetres. So I'd literally got from nothing to nine centimetres curled up in a fetal position, dealing with it, like as though I don't understand. But I don't understand what happened in my brain for like in four hours that I didn't have one conscious thought of this could be labour because I was just dealing with, you know, you know when you're in like a, a, a sickness bug, and you become like a process rather than a person. Yeah. Basically that. So then they were like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, we have to get you to the delivery suite. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, ring me boyfriend. Because <laughs> Ben wasn't my husband. He was my boyfriend then. <laughs> so they were like, we'll ring him for you. And I was like, no, you won't. I will. So I rang him and was like, I'm nine centimetres. Get here now. <laughs> and he's, he was asleep on the sofa. So we woke up and was like, what? Got to the hospital. And then I had Ollie about an hour later so like that was quite a weird one really fast birth it was really fast but it was also it was really sweet the lady who was meant to be looking after well she was looking after me but she just kept said she's I just kept looking through the window and you were curled on your side and I thought you were asleep I'm so sorry she actually came to the delivery suite afterwards and said I'm so sorry that I didn't come and check on you more and I was like well don't worry about it like (laughs) baby's here now anyway and it's really odd (laughs) <laughs> the owl, that all happened because then from a second delivery they were like you could be quite quick because you were quite quick last time and I wasn't that quick I was like I, I, I went into this time round. I didn't get induced with Josh I didn't get induced I uh, just went into labour a week early but I went to a children's party in labour because my um, contractions were still kind of only about 30, centimeter, uh, 30 seconds and they weren't very strong and because I'd never gone into labour on my own before, I'd only ever had that crazy experience with the like vomiting, diarrhea, pessary thing. I didn't really understand if it was labour. So I just kind of went, come on, Ollie, we've still got to go to a party. So we were, I was at like a children's soft play. <laughs> and all my friends, my friends' friends whose kids were there were like, oh, when are you due? And I was like, oh. obviously I have a small bump. So I, they were expecting me to say in a couple of months. So I was going, well, actually, I might be in labour now. <laughs> I'm not really sure could be due today <laughs> and I ended up having Josh that uh, I went into the hospital at seven o'clock and had him at two in the morning 
and that was a harder delivery though like a harder delivery to I couldn't get him out because he was in his sack mm. they um they thought he was going to be a sack burst Aww. you know when they don't come out at all yeah like a little they just stay burst. yeah they just yeah. stay in their pod um the midwife was teaching a you know like when they have like a teaching hospital she was teaching someone and she was like so you know like this is really rare it doesn't happen very much but babies are sometimes born in the sack and I was listening going what are you saying <laughs> what are you saying that's how about what's going on down there <laughs> pop it pop it and she was going no no it's natural leave it as it be and I was like don't leave it pop it so in the end I forced them to pop it <laughs> Even though they didn't want to, they really, really, really wanted to see. I think they just wanted to see a, a baby born in a sack. That's but, not really yeah, fair I know. on you, though. You're the one that's got to push no, it the, out. <laughs> the pressure was horrific. And the second she said that she didn't even have to, she had pretty much touched it and it burst. And she was like, she looked cross with me. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a really good one to teach her. So, yeah, the, that, the second one was fast, but um, I didn't really know what was because of the first one being weird and I was just curled up on my own. I didn't quite know what to expect for the second one. <laughs> and both of them were kind of okay yeah. like they weren't of all the friends I've had such horrible 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 birth stories they were both kind of okay the, the worst thing Josh did who's my youngest one is that when he was halfway out the midwife and the one that wanted him to be born inside a sack came out like his shoulders were out and she went I'm so sorry you, you need to stop pushing and I think he's going to move and he did he moved his whole body like he wriggled like a snake halfway out of me and it was the worst feeling I've ever felt it was just horrific oh god he was moving so yeah that wasn't great but yeah they weren't I know it's it's the sensation like honestly it was the most horrific thing but I didn't even tear they did it they did it so beautifully like the, the midwives were incredible so they they basically just talked me through it and it was already it was quite calm compared to the weird first time <laughs> that's but yeah they're both really cool stories though I, I often tell people who are pregnant when they're like oh my god I'm starting to get really scared by birth I'm like just so you know mine weren't horrific like not every birth story is awful like they, they can't, it can't it's awful obviously it's horrific it's horrific it's birth but yeah. it's it doesn't always end up horrific horrific it, it can be all right mine were kind of okay I don't want to do it again but like they were they were kind of okay yeah I think you don't want oh god you go it's just funny isn't it when people say to you oh you forget what it's like you forget what it's like being in labor I do remember you? I remember when the first thing I said after this, I was like I don't want to ever do that again and they're like oh you'll forget you'll forget so I won't forget <laughs> so traumatic though as well like you're meant you go through this life-alteringly mental experience and then you're not even really meant to talk about that you're just meant to talk about the baby it's such a thing to process, isn't it? I had like flashes for the first few days. I think it was like a mix of being incredibly tired. But every time I yeah. closed my eyes, I could just see flashes of what was ha- what happened <gasps> for days, oh. days. And obviously that was probably slight trauma of, well, not, maybe not trauma. Your hormones as well. Yeah, like it was a pretty, pushing those. It, was pretty it is traumatic. Do you know, one thing I did with Josh, which people always find quite interesting uh, is the cord blood donation we donated cord blood with josh so did you get any of the leaflets about cord blood donation when you were pregnant no i think maybe because of covid it was might not have been Gosh. something that we were doing because i really I wanted wonder. to do a friend of mine in australia had a baby and she kept the placenta and had it made into tablets and i really wanted to do wow that, but i didn't even get the opportunity not to offer. even ask about it or get offered it yeah so when Josh was, when I was pregnant with Josh, it was, it's quite a big thing. So you can, you can donate your cold blood to babies that are very, very ill, but you can only do that in certain hospitals all over the UK. So back when Ollie was in my belly, it was pretty much only Great Ormond Street in um, London that you could donate cold blood. By the time I had five years later, when I had Josh, you could donate cold blood in quite a few different hospitals around the UK. But you can also choose for the cord blood to be kept from your child and stored in in case they have future illnesses like leukemia. Mm. So we did it. We did the cord blood storing. So, it, but it's quite an interesting experience to go through because you, um, you, 
you have like a man come and take your blood whilst you're in labor and then he waits outside for you to give birth and then they take the placenta away and like it's it's all quite um, to come back yeah no no really like I was like you're gonna wait here while I have a baby well was that your job and then they come and they take your placenta and the cord blood in it and they take it away and they um store the incredibly amazing cord blood frozen for if your child has anything um awful in their future so we but we did it like we did it and and not many people do it so whenever i whenever i have a friend who's pregnant and they're like oh there's this thing i've heard of called cold blood i'm like oh i did that so it's a quite an interesting topic if you ever want to chatter about that as a topic the experience of a did you have to pay for it was it on the nhs yeah Yeah, Yeah. no you pay for it you pay for it and uh we just debated whether it was worth it or not and then i um when my nan passed away she left some money for me and we decided to use that amount of money so it's like it's like 900 pounds so i don't think i would have paid for that if it hadn't been that it was kind of i had this money that i didn't want to spend on anything and it felt like it was a bit of a um like a future health thing to protect my kids but it's it's a really interesting topic because it's get like it gets quite a lot of um back in the time when i was having josh it's almost quite salesy so the uh the midwives are being told to give out these leaflets about it but they don't know that much about it so the midwives don't really like it because they're being told to give out these leaflets about it and then if you actually do want to know about it the midwives are quite dismissive because they're like oh we don't know we just get told to give those leaflets out and you're like oh like can Mm -hmm. i find out more about it so it was quite a weird experience to do to do the whole donating thing and whilst when i was in labor the midwives didn't like that i was doing it i don't think they didn't like it that I was and after after I'd given birth one of the senior midwives said so the whole cold blood thing can I just ask what your motivation was to do that even though it actually all of that information came through the pack the midwife gave me obviously as a nation we haven't trained our midwives on what cold blood is and Um, and what incredible benefits it can have for your child if they were to get ill you'd think that that would just be like a you just a bit of common sense of why you why are you storing this well obviously for the health of my child oh, she was really something ever really quite yeah no no the midwives were almost a bit like uh cynical that i'd done it it was, it was really interesting so if you ever like randomly decide to yeah. look into like cold Let's, blood as a topic put me on your list of people episode. yeah we'll do an episode maybe we can do like a group, yeah. a group zoom yes i'd love to it. chat to other people because I don't know anyone else who's done the whole cold blood storage thing. Yeah. <laughs> or donated it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that's like even... if you gave that'd be incredible. Like mm-hmm. if I could have donated mine, if I'd been in, you have to be in a hospital, I think, where they're actually treating children for things like leukemia, where you can donate cold blood. But if you lived in London and you were near Great Ormond Street and you could go and give birth there and donate your cold blood, that'd be amazing. Yeah. It's like the building blocks of life. It's, it's, I, I sound like I'm a hippie. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I feel like this is something that should be widely available to anyone yeah. that kind of wants it for the health of our yeah. children. Yeah, but the midwives are a bit sketchy about it. But it's a really weird and quite interesting topic. Yeah. We'll save <laughs> it. Know, for, we've got some juggle wear to placentas. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come back to speak to you again, and you will have set up a charity for people that want to <laughs> save their cord blood. <laughs> all about cord blood. <laughs> Oh, I think uh, I gave mine. <laughs> I think we might have come towards the end of the episode tonight. Oh, it was really fun chatting to yeah, you. Yeah, sorry if that followed no particular pattern and I just randomly chatted. This is the, the thing I love emo- the most about these podcasts is I, I, I quite often send out questions to people and I very rarely <laughs> a- ask any of them because the conversation <laughs> kind of has a mind of its own, and it's that that's kind of what it's all about is having yeah. honest conversations with mums about what their lives are like, and I really enjoy it every. Every time I get yeah, to do it. Yeah. It's such a cool thing to do. It's brilliant. All right. Let's let's wrap up the show with your five things that you took for granted before you became a mum. Okay. So the five things I took for granted before having children were sleep. So I used to love napping in the afternoon. So sleep, spontaneity. Everything has to be so planned um leaving the house just by picking up your bag and walking out Mm. um reading I read loads and you just don't get the time when you have kids to read as much and the last one would be having a bath having a bath in the middle of the day (laughs) 
not oh, really yeah. going to happen anymore. Yeah. Oh, baths. So, yeah. Is that five? I think so. Yeah. Think Sleep, so. baths, spontaneity, spontaneity, reading. Did I do four? Oh, I don't know. You can listen back. The fifth one is not remembering whether you've said five. Fifth one, I have no brain. <laughs> Oh, thanks so much, Bex. It's been so nice to chat to you. Hey. Yeah, um, you too. Really fun. Yeah, and we will speak soon. And uh, yeah, Mega. good luck with Juggleware. Anyone who hasn't seen, uh, 